You're listening to Titan Internet Radio, broadcasting 24-7 from the library basement of California State University Fullerton. Chipotle check, check, Chimichanga, Tabasco from Chipotle. The views and opinions expressed in this program don't express the views of Titan Radio, Titan Communications, CSUF, or any of its affiliates. I mean, you can say what you want, be yourself, but just don't be it. Titan Radio would like to thank Golden Voice for its continuous support. Check out goldenvoice.com for a full list of events. If you're interested in sponsorship opportunities for Titan Radio, contact titanradio-gm at fullerton.edu or call 657-278-5505. Titan Radio. Listen. Connect. Express. Hey everyone, it's Selwa. Hi guys, it's Liba. We are two college friends and your hosts on Couple of Buds Ready to Bloom. This podcast is where we have unfiltered conversations about our cultural and religious upbringings, how it has shaped us, and lessons we've learned along the way. Follow our Instagram at Couple of Buds Ready to Bloom for weekly updates and more information about how you can participate in our episodes. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. This time we are talking about self-confidence and social interactions. And can I just preface this by saying how much I love talking about the subject? I recently just did a presentation in one of my classes about this. So it's all fresh in my mind right now, and I'm super excited. Yeah, and as a psych major, personality is by far one of my favorite things to analyze and to talk about because it gives such great insight into why people behave a certain way. Um, So let's dive deeper into that. We're going to talk about whether we're introverts or extroverts. We'll also be talking about our confidence, how self-confident we are, how that's changed over the years, how COVID has affected that. And we'll also be just diving more deep into how we built that self-confidence up and how we're still working on it. Because honestly, we're still super young and we still have a lot of things to improve on. And then at the end of the episode, we'll also be answering all the questions that were submitted to us through our Instagram. So as a reminder, again, if you have any questions, leave it in our Instagram boxes. Mm-hmm. Our Instagram, as a reminder, it's at couple of buds ready to bloom. DM us. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Alrighty. So, so uh, tell me, are you an introvert or an extrovert? That's a good question. Okay. I'll say that I'm an introverted extrovert. That's interesting. I'm too meshed into one because I was always very quiet, insecure, and kind of self-conscious as a kid. And I always looked, you know, for validation and reassurance from other people. And I grew up being a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people saw that, you know, as me, you know, being super quiet and mellow. They're like, okay, yeah, definitely an introvert. 
But once I'm comfortable around people and you're in my inner circle, you'll know that I'm really loud and I'm talkative and I'm an extrovert, you know? But it's just when I'm in a new surrounding or like with new people, I like to take a step back and and observe first. Assess the situation. In. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because I need to get a feel of everyone first and get to know the vibes before... I say anything or do things, you know? For sure. But once I'm I'm comfortable and new people come into my space, I'm the first person to introduce myself. You know, how that works. Like I'm the person that, you know, would show them around or, you know, just, you know, get them comfortable. But how is that for you? Are you an introvert or extrovert, Liva? You know what? I, I'm kind of along the same lines where if I'm in a new surrounding especially if it's like a professional surrounding, I will be very nervous beforehand. I get a lot of like anxiety um, and I'll go over this later too. My hands get numb. It's a very weird feeling. Um, but I, I kind of want to say I'm an ambivert. Like I'm not necessarily like an extrovert. Like there, I know people that are super more outgoing than I am. Um, and I'm not an introvert either. Like I'm not a quiet person by all means. And everybody that knows me knows mm-hmm. that. <laughs> and they, <laughs> they know I have a lot to say. Um, but I get along with extroverts more than I do introverts. Mm-hmm. Because when I'm with introverted mm-hmm. people, I feel like I'm doing too much of the talking, if that makes sense. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I would definitely I've say... I've definitely had experiences like that before. And, you know, like with when you're with, like, you know, when you're talking with an introvert, you feel like you're the extroverted one. And then like, at least for me, when I'm talking with extroverts, I tend to like, you know, mellow out more because let them do the talking a little bit. And like, I can contribute too. And I feel like we just like bounce off each other. It becomes a more balanced conversation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is I I think that's the best way to describe it. So yeah, I definitely think I'm more of an ambivert, but I'm on the extroverted side, if that makes sense. And me and Liba, we actually found out today we have the exact same personality type. Crazy. We are so both that's been fun. We are both ENFJ. And if you haven't taken a personality mm-hmm. test, um, I took mine on 16personalities.com, which I think is a very popular one. So you guys should definitely check it out. It's really, really, um, really good. They have different pages of like strengths and weaknesses where you can find out and learn more and honestly it just put the thoughts in my head into words like whatever behaviors I had or what I was feeling it just spelled it out for me what about you a hundred percent and it's funny because Selwa texted me when we were planning this episode and she was like just Mm -hmm. curious what's your personality type mine's ENFJ and I was like, wait, I have it written in my notes somewhere. Let me go to my notes app and really quickly pull it up. And I was like, you know what? I'm pretty sure I am an ENFJ too. And I go and I, you know, mm-hmm. I see it, ENFJ, and I screenshotted it and I sent it to Silva. <laughs> and I was like, it's crazy because we found so many similarities between us two, but this just kind of topped it mm-hmm. all off. I know. We're always learning more. I can't wait to find out even more. Like, girl, we're literally the same person at this point. We it's literally... So- it's crazy. It's insane. <laughs> We're meant for each other. Uh, but yeah, meant to be. going back to just introverts mm-hmm. and extroverts and ambiverts, 
has that changed for you at all since you were a child to now? Do you see a difference or have you been the same throughout your life so far? I feel like I've always been the same, but now I'm like starting to change that a little more where like ever since I was young, I think I was even more quiet and even more shy. Like there were, I've had a ton of experiences where people are like, speak up, I can't hear you. You're too quiet. Like even now there, I have those moments. And, you know, I've had friends, like their parents ask me, why don't you talk more? Or like one girl at school, she asked me if I was mute because she's never heard me talk. <laughs> Can you believe how crazy that sounds? Oh my God. And yeah, so I was fairly on the quiet side to everyone else who didn't know me or like, it just meant I wasn't really comfortable around them. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't myself. So that's why they thought I was super quiet. But once I was you know, with my people, like, especially my, all my cousins that I grew up with, like, siblings, they know, like, I'm super loud, super talkative. I was nicknamed Chatterbox when I was a kid by my cousins, and, you know, like, I don't know when to be quiet, so that's who (laughs) I really am, you know? Yeah. And I feel like I've still had that like balance between the two like over the years um but now I'm starting to you know get out of my comfort zone more so like even if I don't know a crowd or even if I'm not in a comfortable environment or an environment that I'm new to I'm still gonna put myself out there like I'm still gonna try you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and be the first person to introduce myself or like you know things like that I've just been trying to be more outgoing and kind of seeing how that works for me because I know I'm trying to get more and more opportunities open up. So trying to put myself out there. For sure. That was Silva just describing her social interactions as a kid. And I have to say, in terms of my childhood and how I grew up, this is going to sound really sad to anyone hearing this. And I'm (laughs) But it's true. My mom has told me. I don't remember this because I was like a child. But I used to go to the park a lot. Um, And whenever I was at the park, I would go up to kids that I was playing with on the playground. And I'd ask them to be my friend. I'd fully I'd be like, do you want to be my friend? (laughs) And my mom was like, that's so sad. But, um, and I used to like, I used to have like a sticker sheet with me and I would give like other kids stickers. But yeah, obviously like going to the park and like being on the playground that first couple of minutes, it was like, I, you know, being shy. I still remember my first day of preschool, I cried. I cried like crazy. I was not letting go of my mom. All the kids were in the class without their moms. I was the last one left like clinging on to my mom for dear life Um, until there was another teacher at preschool that actually spoke my native language as well. She spoke like Urdu. And so she comforted me through my preschool years. And um, I like still remember her visually too. Like I I remember her Uh, and it's crazy because like you don't really, all those memories from like preschool and stuff, they don't really stick around, but that she's Mm -hmm. just, she's in my, I remember you know, I can visualize being back in preschool. Sometimes I smell things and I'm like, oh my God, it smells like preschool again. Um, I crazy. 
but besides the point, but yeah, you know, I, again, kind of like Solwa, very shy at first meeting a group of people, especially if it's a group of people my age, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's like the the fear of judgment or I see another group of teens walking towards me and I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) I'm nervous. Um, And it's probably just like the fear of like judgment and being judged and like making that first impression that has always been like a part of me is I want, I want to be liked, you know, I want to be appreciated. I want people to like me and be friends with me. That's why I would go up to people at the playground and ask them to be my friend blatantly. Again, I've definitely was more social once I've gotten comfortable with people and I've built a trust Mm -hmm. with people. But I mean, I think I'm way more social now as a person than I was back then. I think back then Mm -hmm. I would I would always be like, mom, can you like introduce me to people? Uh, But now I I have the courage to just go up and be like, hey, my name is Lyba. What's your name? Nice to meet you. Mm -hmm. You know, what do you do? How's life? So that I've definitely seen that shift in myself. And, you know, I've had my mom too, in fact, she's like, you're a social butterfly. Like she has that name for me. And it's funny because she's the exact same way. She's a social butterfly too. (laughs) Yeah, definitely relatable. You know, we've grown more social over the years and, you know, even entering like university where we'll, we'll just get more social as the years go on. Um, so how has COVID affected your sociability or affected your social interactions? A lot. Um, I'm not even going to lie. You can have FaceTime, you can have all these social media apps, and you can still be in touch with your friends, but it's nowhere near being with someone in person, having that social interaction with person. And it's, I feel like most people, I'm a very bad texture, and I've been told that by other people too, where people are like, I don't know if you're being sarcastic or you're being like petty or you're being nice or you're being angry over text. Like I cannot read you through text. I can't read your, you know, expressions, your tone of voice. And I'm the same way. I, I misinterpret a lot of the texts I receive. It's not the same, even on like, if you FaceTime someone or video call them, it's not the same as being in person at all. Nowhere near it. What do you think? Yeah, it's it's totally different. Um, And I remember in the beginning of quarantine, I think I struggled more with socializing. And I was like, oh, like, what am I going to do? Like, you know, like, we're not in person anymore. But then you know, I would like plan Zoom calls like with my family and like friends. But then like later on as quarantine, like I found a solution, you know, but then like later on as quarantine went by, my social battery just like went so low. And there were like so many days I didn't want to talk to anybody. Like I just wanted to stay in my bed. Like I didn't want to talk to anyone. Like I would have answered my any of my Instagram DMs, any of my text messages, like I wouldn't call anybody. And but honestly, quarantine, like even though I felt that way a lot of the time, I've also had really great experiences and I've connected with a lot more people in quarantine than in person. Like especially with school friends and meeting people at university, I've 
maybe it's just because I've been going to more clubs and organizations now that everything's online. I made so many more connections in quarantine, which sounds ironic in a way because we're I'm stuck at home, but I'm still talking to more people. But yeah, so I feel like it's made me more social in a way, but then it also drains me a lot quicker than if I were in person. I have to agree. For me, it's been the opposite. I feel like I was more connected with my friends at the beginning of quarantine Mm -hmm. and things just never seemed to get better. It was like, I have to say, even over the summer, I was constantly in touch with people But I think I had things that happened personally as well that kind of, I was like, there's too much going on in my life to keep reaching out to people to update them about my life. Because I felt like I was always the one that would be like, hey, do you want a video call today? I haven't talked to you in a long time. Um, And people are so busy with their own lives and like different Zoom calls and meetings they have to attend. And with the ease of Zoom as well, is like you can have meetings whenever. So, you know, I had I have friends that are still in meetings until like 7 p.m. And they're not even free until like after dinner. And after dinner, they're catching up on homework. And, you know, that's the same with me, too. On like Wednesdays, my schedule now is like I'm not even out of classes until like 5 p.m. And like after that, I still have, you know, I sometimes have meetings. There's stuff that I need to catch up on for clubs and organizations because I'm I'm now trying to get myself more involved because I know I can't wait any longer to go back into person to, to stay involved. I need to get involved in some shape or form. So I definitely think COVID affected all of our social interactions. And I kind of, you know, I want to see how, how it has kind of affected my personality because I have felt a switch in me. And I kind of want to take that personality test again and be like, Am I still the same person? (laughs) The only way we can beat the coronavirus pandemic is together. Be sure to wear a face covering and social distance whenever you go out. Stay safe, Titans. So, so, uh, we've talked about all of our, we've talked about our personalities. We've talked about how... Mm -hmm introverted or extroverted we are we've talked about our social interactions let's kind of switch into how self-confidence plays a role in our lives and to what degree we're self-confident currently Mm -hmm. how confident we were as kids and how that's kind of changed for us along with our social interactions Um, and maybe again how COVID and quarantine has affected our self-confidence so if you want to go ahead Mm -hmm. and tell me about yourself again (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, yeah um I was not very confident at all as a kid like I said before I was really insecure and I was super self-conscious and honestly I, I was such a people pleaser I let people walk over me all the time and I would not stand up for myself at all and that's actually one of the weaknesses of ENFJ where we're so selfless that it's not good you know it's to a fault and I, yeah, I let people walk over me all the time. And I remember in elementary school, I was friends with someone, but then they ended up, you know, becoming my bully. So in fifth grade, I remember this person actually, like they would constantly like my, in the entire two years I was friends with them, 
there was like microaggressions like thrown everywhere. And mind you, this was my first year at a public school. And I was like wearing hijab, you know, visibly Muslim. And like, I don't know, I guess like people were just intrigued because I was new and like they've never seen anyone like me before. I'm not sure. But so I was friends with this person and there was always microaggressions about, oh, like what what is that? What are you eating? And like, you know, things like that. And then fifth grade, I remember she made fun of my food and then she slapped me like just Mm -hmm. straight on what I wasn't yeah I was in so much shock I was just like what just happened and I just remember standing up from the lunch table I just walked into the restroom and I just started bawling I was like why what it was just so shocking to me I was like I can't believe someone would do that I thought she was my friend and like you know why is this happening but I was such a I don't want to say a pushover but like I was afraid of like telling on people and I was afraid of the consequences like I was like oh like I I don't I don't want to get anybody like I didn't want to stand up for myself you know that was something that I didn't do at all as a kid and it actually took my parents like standing up for me they're like that's not okay for like that cannot happen to you that should not be happening to anybody so they like took me back to the school and like I had to like tell my teacher and she got in trouble and we had a whole talk about bullying. Um, but then it made me realize, and I've had similar incidences, not the physical part, but like mm-hmm. where I came to like a fork in the road where I'm like, oh, should I say something about this or do I just let it happen to me? And there have been many times where I was ready to just let things happen and like let it blow over whatever but then people around me were the ones who they picked me up and they were supportive and they were like no this cannot happen like use your voice stand up for yourself we need to report this you know so I'm super grateful for that but that kind of gives you an insight to how I was as a kid like I was super super shy around new people just super like innocent and naive you know are we living the same life because <laughs> <laughs> I kid you not so what I've I had the same thing happen to me not the same thing but I had mm-hmm. a similar similar kind of situation as you but for me it was in first grade so you can imagine you know like a first grade me um I was mm-hmm. I was always a small kid too I'm I've always been on the shorter side um Solva and I, I think we're like the same height, aren't we? How tall are you? <laughs> I'm five feet. Straight, okay. Just five feet. Really? I'm like, okay. Yeah. I'm five foot one and a half. Oh, yeah. That that little half is a it's a big, <laughs> big amount. <laughs> but basically no. for me, self-confidence as a kid was kind of like yours, where I was super nice to people and I didn't, you know, I, I didn't have like the courage to stand up and I didn't want to get other people in trouble I again I don't want to start drama I don't want to be the snitch as that term is going Mm -hmm. around these days it's like I don't want to be the snitch snitches get stitches you know um but I was in first grade when I had my first kind of like bullying incident um there was this girl still remember her name and everything um but every single day I would come back from lunch crying And my teacher was like, why are you, you know, she got tired of it at a point. She was like, you're coming back 
after every single, you know, lunch time and you're crying to me. And like, she didn't really do anything about it until my mom intervened. Like, obviously, as a teacher, if you were a teacher, so was a kid's coming to you crying every single day for the same reason. Wouldn't you take some action? Exactly. She didn't think to look into it. I I guess not. From what I remember, she did not look into it at all. So I, you know, I would tell my mom, I would go home and be like, yeah, this happened. And like, she made me cry again. Um, And I don't remember what she said to me that I, you know, this was first grade. So I don't remember, but I just remember coming back from lunch every single day crying. I remember her like saying stuff that I didn't like, uh, making fun of me. And my mom finally had to contact my teacher and be like, look, like there's someone bullying her. She's coming back after every lunch crying. She's not comfortable in her environment. So she set up a meeting with the kid that was bullying me. Um, And like during our recess or lunch, we like, you know, we're in a separate room with the teacher and we like had a talk. Um, And she was like super nice after that. And it was crazy just seeing her like switch up on me that quick. And like, I remember like, you know, skipping out of the room together and we were like friends again. Um, But yeah, so that happened to me in elementary. And then for me, middle school started in sixth grade. And I just had a bad time in sixth grade with friends too. Um, I've always been like the super nice friend and I'm, I got like stepped over and stuff. So in sixth grade, I was in a friend group and they had like this rule that like you can't talk to anyone outside of that friend group. Crazy. But again, wow. it's, it's middle school. So girls are like that, you know. Um, and so one day I was walking out of like language arts and I was going to like my science class and I was talking to someone else and I was walking with them from one period to another. And at lunchtime, my friends approached me and you, I could see them like, you know, kind of like whispering amongst each other and be like, no, you talk to her. No, you go first. No, you do it. I don't want to do it. And then like, you know, I was like, what is going on? And they finally come up to me and they're like, you know, you, we saw you talking to like someone else and like, you know, socializing with them. And I was like, okay. And they were like, so, you know, like that means we can't be your friends anymore. And I was like, what? (laughs) And they were like, okay, like, fine. We'll give you like one more chance. And I like, apparently I did it. It did it again. Same thing at lunch. They approached me, but this time they like made it official that they can't be my friends Um, and like, they went around and like literally told everyone that they weren't friends with me. Like it was something to like brag about and be like, oh my God, we're not friends with Liba anymore. So imagine like being a sixth grader, like not having that foundation of like confidence yet and just being stepped over. Mm -hmm. I remember like going into PE after lunch and I was like, everybody in the locker room was like, so you're not, you know, I heard like what happened, like you're not friends with them. And like my locker was next to my ex best friend. So it was super awkward during like PE. And I just remember like the weeks after that, I found better friends um, in middle school after that. And I still, you know, I still talk to some of them. I still have them on Instagram. Like they're, they're present in my life and they've stuck around. But yeah, so again, zero confidence um, until high school. So that's when I, you know, started feeling a change within myself for confidence. At what point, Selwa, did you 
feel like you were gaining confidence or did you work on being more self-confident? Yeah, well, okay, throughout like elementary, middle, high school, I've been like working on it. Let's see, like I'd say sixth grade, I finally made it. This is when I first moved to Texas and I finally found a a friend group that I was stable in and like we all like had fun. And I feel like that, that's when I started a little bit, but then it's, it was never really constant, you know, I was still like super insecure and self-conscious in myself. And I would say the real change started happening after high school. Okay. Like throughout high school, like when I came back to California and um, like, I would see old people from my school, like that fourth and fifth grade, um, public school that I went to and I've seen I saw that girl again and she would actually avoid me so I'm just like okay you know you did something wrong but I'm not trying to rehash Yo, anything I'm like we'll leave it at that yeah but um I'd actually have to say after high school because I've mm, let's see like my confidence like I've just been like working on it like just building it like we said in the first episode baby steps where I would do things that you know like I was proud of or you know accomplish things and I feel like my confidence would come from like being reassured from people around me or like doing um like having experiences that I never thought I could or like do like I don't know if that makes sense yeah but um and being around my family made me more confident. Like I have a lot of strong female, like amazing role models in my family, alhamdulillah. And they've all like shown like their strength and um, like, especially my aunts and my mom and my older cousin, like they've all been amazing role models and I couldn't thank them enough. For that and like they tell me like when I'm getting too into my head they're like no stop overthinking that like this is what you need to do or like you know they they really break things down easily and let me know like if I'm thinking too much or like you know just like reassure me like just be yourself you know things like that so I've really been thinking lately and I'm just like my confidence is coming from within me and like I just need to block out all the noise in my head and around me and just do me because honestly that that's that's who I am and I'm gonna be more confident being myself Mm -hmm. yeah what about you how has your self-confidence journey been again last episode we really (laughs) built the foundation of like baby steps Mm -hmm. and again I'm gonna repeat the same thing as you said I also had I took baby steps And those little steps that I took really helped me become at the level of self-confidence that I am now. I have to say, for me, going from such a toxic and negative environment that my middle school was, I decided to go to not my home high school. I decided to go to um, a high school in my district, but that was more um, like, it wasn't my home high school, you know, it was more further Mm -hmm. away. It wasn't a 
it's in the same school district, but they have a different like academy and curriculum, like special curriculum that they had. So I decided partially was because of the education that they provided at that school. But my sec, like my second most like pushing reason to go to that different high school was to just get away from the same people that I had been stuck with for three years that were not, mm-hmm. did not have any positive influence in my life at all. So go- coming into a new high school and I had some friends from my mosque, I had some family friends that were attending um, to that school. So I had people that I had known already um, and I started to build friendships with people that I could relate to. I had friends at that high school that were similar to me in culture, similar to me in religion. Um, So we had a really solid friend group and we related to things. And it was something that I couldn't relate to with people in my middle school. And so through those people, we started joining clubs together. And um, those clubs were the foundation for building my self-confidence. I first joined Mock Trial. Starting with that club and how much I found that to be interesting and really fun and thrilling, I kind of started to enjoy the adrenaline of competing and and debating and presenting. And I kind of continued that. And freshman year, sophomore year, I would have to say I was definitely more confident in myself, but I wasn't at the level as I was junior year of high school. For some reason, I don't know what it was. I think it was just that my classes were a little easier that year. I had teachers that taught subjects that were more introspective. We took, I took theory of knowledge, which was a really eye-opening class for some reason. The teacher that taught um, theory of knowledge was super introspective and he really questioned everyone and questioned, he was like, question yourself, look into yourself and see how you are, like what stage you are in life. And then on top of that, I also took a leap and I auditioned for TEDx and that auditioning and pitching an idea and then making through the auditions and like being becoming a guaranteed speaker on that on our TEDx program for a junior year this was 2018 for some reason that was a big confidence change it was like okay I'm going to be presenting on a global platform that is going to be viewed by many people not just my school and I'm also representing my school through this And I was told that by the program manager that was running the program. She was like, you guys are all representing our school right now. You're you're representing our district and you're representing yourselves. And so I had a lot of people that coached me, both in mock trial and as well as in TEDx. I had people that coached me to be better speakers, to be more confident in when I'm speaking Um, posture was a big thing you know my mock trial coach would have a pencil in her hand and if we were slouching or we weren't standing straight we would get like a pencil to the back my mock trial coach was like your voice gets too high when you talk um, and present and she was like lower your voice and make it more deep you you get very high pitched and I was you know that's something that you know I still these are things I remember to this day and I implement them when I talk And I did TEDx again my senior year as well. So again, I got another year of coaching in like stage presence and stuff. So junior, senior year of high school was the catalyst um, or changing point, turning point in my life where I definitely had a lot more 
self-confidence than I did before. Yeah, for me, like just to go more into depth of what I said earlier, imagine, okay, fourth grade, fifth grade, I was in public school. And then that year for sixth grade, I moved. And I've been in California all my life. And then I moved to Texas, lived there for four years and gained the most amazing people as friends and have learned so much. And just when I got comfortable, we moved back to California. And I'm now in a public school where I'm seeing the familiar faces of older people that were in my previous public school in elementary. And most of them don't recognize me and I don't really care to reopen, you know, previous. <laughs> previous history but like everyone is in my face and I'm I'm just like okay who do I go to like who do I rely on and like it was super difficult navigating high school and although like I've had a few like really great friends um it still overall felt really lonely and I felt like being in that specific environment wasn't really good like our school was super competitive to the point where it wasn't healthy and I feel like yeah I've had like maybe like a small building block here and there um but I feel like once I left that environment and like I started university and that was almost like a clean slate for me you know where I could start again like from the ground up and I really really built that foundation for myself you know, especially yeah, at university, you know, everyone's new, like, I relied on myself, and it, it really was the best feeling, because, like, okay, like, I know I can do this, and, you know, that, that was really the foundation for me, and, you know, with quarantine, I've just been doing more self-reflection, and that's just been adding more into, you know, more building blocks to my foundation, and as, COVID, you know, quarantine happened, it, it brought on a lot of self-reflection and it made me realize, you know, that I need to block out the noise and it really just helped me become more aware of myself. And that within itself has built confidence. And I'm still, you know, every day reminding myself and working on that self-confidence. You know, the work is not done. We're still taking those baby steps. And the reasons why I felt that this was so important was because I wanted to feel secure in myself. And actually when I, before I, I entered university, I was like, I am not, like I made a promise to myself that I'm not gonna let fear hold me back from doing things that I want and taking opportunities that come. And that is something that I need to remind myself of every day. and. Honestly, that has helped me build confidence because I've joined organizations that I never would have joined before. I've, you know, done, had experiences that I would have never done before or like, you know, I don't pass things up as much anymore because I'm scared, you know? Like if I pass things up, it's not because fear was a factor. You know what I mean? And that has definitely helped me build confidence where, you know, like I've done, I've interviewed people and people who 
you know, are more qualified than me or, you know, like I've, I've grown to be more comfortable within myself and being a student and as an individual where I'm not feeling the need to compare myself to other people. I mean, yes, of course, like I still do and I'm working on it, but that's definitely um, something that, that's definitely a reason why I wanted to become more confident. And I've always wanted to be, you know, like those strong, like independent, like women leaders that we see in our world today. I'm like, I aspire to be that, that um, trusting of my own decisions and that trusting of my own opinions and my knowledge and of myself, you know? And so I really find that important and I'm working on that. But yeah, we've both taken up board positions in different organizations. And I feel like that's definitely something that builds confidence. I think starting our podcast too was a big move. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I definitely wouldn't have been able to something I wouldn't have pushed myself alone to do, but it's like, now I have someone with me. Thank you. (laughs) So, you know, just having someone with you that shares that it's, it's nice because it's, it's very intimate. It's not like we have a big group of people handling this podcast. It's just us two, you know, recording, editing, promoting, Um, But it does take a lot of confidence. We both are super nervous when we're recording and when we're, you know, promoting. We're like, how much interaction are we going to get? You know, how many people are going to listen? So it does take confidence to to start this. So, you know, this was a big step for both of us in terms of self-confidence for sure. Your friends at Titan Radio would like to remind you that all Black lives matter. The fight to end racism and instill equity at CSUF and across America is nowhere near complete. Please do everything you can to help fight racism in your communities. But we all have our reasons, feeling the need to build confidence. Um, And for me, I would have to say one of those reasons that I felt like, you know, I need to build some confidence within myself was because of my major and the field I'm in and the the career goal that I have. I am a computer science major. I started taking computer science classes my sophomore year of high school, and I learned really quickly that it is a male-dominated community out there in terms of like computer engineering, mechanical engineering, computer science, um, any engineering STEM major, you know, it's very male dominated. And I quickly felt the need, I felt drowned out in those classes. And I felt the need to kind of work extra to make sure I stand out um, and participate. And not even just to the professor or teacher that's teaching the class, because, you know, if you build a good relationship with your teacher and professor, you're kind of set anyways. It was just like in class, like participation wise. I have people that are still surprised, you know, even in breakout rooms on Zoom or in class when I participate and I I know what I'm doing and they don't. And they're like, how does this girl know how to do everything in the class? And it's just, I hear the surprise in their voice and it gets me every time how much people underestimate me. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's crazy and it's kind of upsetting sometimes, but it's also kind of funny because I kind of show you know, like 
I show that I'm confident and I show that I know what I'm talking about. And I kind of see the intimidation in other people's eyes <laughs> when they're like, oh, she knows what she's talking about. So I definitely feel like I needed to build that confidence to participate and be in the major that I'm in. And it's definitely helped. I still get surprised faces when I, you know, the first day of classes and you see me walk in, people are like, are you sure she's in the right class? <laughs> oh um, but yeah, another reason that I had for building confidence was like someone mentioned earlier in the episode, I've always felt like I'm too nice to people and I'm too selfless. I'm very open to helping other people, um, you know, you know, put them before me sometimes, which is, it can be unhealthy sometimes, putting others before you um, when it negatively starts affecting you. Um, but yeah, I've always felt like I'm too nice. And I sometimes don't stand up for myself if someone is mad at me, if someone is upset with me for, an unjustified reason I'm like it's okay let them be like forgive me I forgive you let's move on I've always been like that and I don't like confrontations and I don't like to cause unnecessary you know discourse or drama it's something I like to stay out of and so that's again that's one of the things I'm still working on is being not too nice obviously be kind to everyone but don't get don't let it get to a point where you have people stepping over you for no reason um, yes create boundaries that's definitely yes. something I'm working on too yes. yes like growing up I like like I said earlier we're literally the same like people walked all over us and I let people over my boundaries so many times like even if I was uncomfortable I would let them do whatever but okay wait that kind of sounds bad but <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're trying to say though I know yeah. what you're trying to convey yes not to like super like extreme extents but I was yeah it was not good and so what I've been working on is creating boundaries with people especially over quarantine where I've had a lot of self-reflection and like I've gotten help from my sisters and like my mom and um you know like there were certain people at school where I felt were taking too much out of me and they weren't returning. Like they weren't giving anything back. Like I felt like it wasn't like a give take relationship. It didn't feel like a friendship. Like it was originally, it was a friendship, but then I felt like they were asking too much of me. And you were I kept pulling giving. more of the weight. Huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And they kept asking too much of me. And so and I was getting uncomfortable, but I would still agree to like whatever they would say. Be like, okay, yeah, I can do this. Yeah, I can do that. And I would stress myself out like over their work and like what they need to do and put it over my own things and my own assignments and my own like health or like whatever priority I was doing at the moment. Mm-hmm. And like my sister, she saw that. She was like, that's not okay. She's like, you shouldn't be doing this for her. Like this that's not how friends do things, you know, it doesn't work like that, and I, and I realized she was stepping over me, like, there are times, like, I don't notice, or, like, it doesn't feel like someone's pushing a boundary, but they really are, and so my sister helped me realize that, and I was like, you know what, you're right, I'm gonna put a stop to this, I'm gonna, you know, put my foot down and create this boundary, and I did, 
and it worked. You know, a lot of times when we put boundaries, we're scared that people are still gonna push and sometimes they do, but luckily this was, you know, a situation where she was like, okay, yeah, I respect that. And, you know, I didn't see her asking for that certain favor again, like, you know, and it worked out. I was super, super glad that, you know, this was the first positive experience that I've had where I set a boundary and, pe- and someone followed it, you know? That's, that's amazing. And yeah, so that's definitely something that I've been reflecting on too. And I've always been afraid of saying no to people. Me but I realize now. Too. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's and, so hard. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I know. Like, I just, especially since I've been like a people pleaser like all my life, I've just wanted people to be happy. Like, I didn't want to cause any drama. And I wanted, you know, everything to just be okay. I think that's part of the over idealistic part <laughs> of ENFJ. Yes. But, I was like, I'd do anything just to keep everything around me like stable and secure and everyone happy. Mm-hmm. And, but now I'm realizing the world is not like that. People are not gonna be like that. And I need to put boundaries down for myself and you know, for other people to make sure that I'm okay. Like I need to start prioritizing myself, you know? Over others, for sure. Yes. Yes, because it's been too long. Like, we've been prioritizing other people over ourselves, like their own needs over ours. It's physically draining, too. Mm-hmm. And I saw this thing, too. Um, I don't know if this – it was. I saw it on social media somewhere, and it was like, how many dead plants are you watering? How many people are you, you know, like, trying to fulfill their needs and trying to keep them happy and, and trying to keep, you know, reaching out or pulling that weight in the friendship? you're watering a dead plant, you know, are you overwatering a plant? Like, you know, it, it's, you can't bring that back, you know, you can't reverse it. And so that was something that, you know, I took a step back and I was like, you know, I really feel like I have been watering a lot of dead plants. <laughs> <laughs> and as bad as that sounds, it's true. I, you know, have been prioritizing other people over me. I've been prioritizing other, their tasks, their favors, over yes. my my homework my personal time my work stuff like that mm-hmm. yes and you know what you should do water your own soil yes ma'am we're we're flowers in bloom we're growing and we're watering our own soil that's what we're doing with this podcast too this is why we are a couple of buds ready to bloom <laughs> <laughs> yes and you know, I even got a little painting done um, to like remind myself, like have a physical reminder that I'm not going back to what I was before. I'm not going back to those certain behaviors and those habits mm-hmm. of prioritizing other people excessively over mm-hmm. myself. I was like, I need to water my own soil, make sure that I'm growing and, you know, doing things that make me happy, exploring things that I like, you know, going through like more hobbies and, you know, just taking myself on adventures and enjoying life, you know? Mm-hmm. So water your own soil. Make sure to water your own soil, 100%. So, you know, there's obviously something that I would recommend everyone to do is go take a personality test, 16personalities.com, mm-hmm. and see where you are and see if you can relate to the strengths and weaknesses that, that they have listed on their website. See if you can relate to it and, you know, look through the weaknesses. And if you, if you believe you're 
going through the same weaknesses, baby steps, try to work on them. (laughs) And also some other tips to be more confident is to take yourself out on adventures, do things on your own. Because I've noticed that when I rely, like you can get confidence from social groups, you know, like being with other people will, you know, like make you more courageous or more brave. But like when you do things on your own, you're really putting yourself to the test and you, you know, that's how you build more confidence. You do be okay with being alone sometimes, like enjoy your own company. That's definitely number one. Um, And also, you know, like doing experiences that you've never done before, things that you're afraid to do, do it. I think another thing too is identify what you struggle with in terms of confidence, whether it's in presentations or presentations, however you say that. Um, For me, I know one of my weaknesses um, is my hands and one of the indications that I know that I'm nervous and I have anxiety right now before doing something big, doing an interview, um, first day of school even, um, going on stage, presenting, debating, competing, like anything, my hands start going numb and I feel it. And I try to bring feeling back into my hand. Um, You know, I obviously my heart rate is up. I'm very fidgety and very like up and down jumpy. Um, I talk a lot. I tend to like rush my talking and talk fast when I'm nervous. But again, those are things that I had to work on and identify in myself. So when I'm debating on stage for some reason, anything that requires me to be more self-confident, I'm like, Liba, slow down. Make sure to slow down when you're talking. Liba, it's okay. Your hands are there. Just hold them, you know, hold them together. I've, I've, there's ways that I've started to cope with that, you know, ways that I make it look natural. Yeah, and like, but to add on to the presentation, like the stage fright, um, like me too, I would get incredibly nervous. And one thing that I found helped, and I've actually started doing this, like I, I, I implemented this in high school, where actually you know, your, your brain, it's on fight or flight mode. Like when you're that anxious and you're that scared and to trick your brain into thinking that you're not in danger, just chew something or like you could chew some gum, put a mint. I would, I would have a pack of mints in my bag and I'll just pop a, pop a mint (laughs) before my presentation. Because when you're eating something, your mind's like, oh, I'm not in danger. If I'm in a life-threatening situation, I wouldn't be eating right now, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's how you trick your brain into calming down a little more. And, like, obviously, you know, slowing down your voice. You're also, like, forcing yourself to, like, calm down and really put a put a hold on those nerves. Another yeah. thing, if you, if you do struggle with stumbling over words when you're nervous or you talk too fast, go online, go to Google and search up Dr. Seuss riddle or rhyme books. There is one. It's, oh, it's Fox and Socks, Dr. Seuss. Go read it as fast as you can and just keep reading. Even if you stumble on a word, skip it, just read it. It really, it's like a tongue twister and it kind of opens your mouth up. It's like mouth exercises. And it's a way to get that fast speech out of you and kind of relax those nerves. And also breathing, controlled breathing. 
you know, exhale, inhale, you know, we used to do like breathing exercises. Um, so that's another thing that is super helpful. Go to Google Fox on Socks, Dr. Suits has been a lifesaver. All right. So I think we've had a pretty insightful and good conversation about self-confidence and social interactions. Mm -hmm. As promised, we are going to be answering questions that people sent in on our Instagram. And the first question we got was, who is your favorite DC character? I know this came up because I mentioned I love DC in my bio. But okay. This is hard for me because it's a tie between Batman and The Flash. There's things I love about both of them so much. And I can't choose one over the other. Batman, okay, he's just... You already know he's Batman. There's n- n- you don't need any other explanation. Like, come on. <laughs> he's amazing. Uh-huh. The Flash, oh, he's my sweetheart. I just love his personality. You guys need to watch the Justice League, like the animated series. Watch that. You'll love him. I'd say my favorite villain is the Joker by far. Okay. Yeah. Liba, I don't know if you've watched DC. I'm not, but yeah, I'm not really like a DC Marvel kind of person, but I, if I had to choose my favorite DC character, um, I really do like Harley Quinn. She has something about her personality and like, she also has, I think she has a lot of self-confidence within her too. She knows she stands out and she's super snippy. She has a reply to everything. Um, at least in Suicide Squad is I really liked Margot Robbie and how she played Harley Quinn I really liked that character in that movie specifically so if I had to choose it would be Harley Quinn that's all the questions we had for this week so thank you everyone for tuning in once again um, to our second Mm -hmm. episode and we look forward to many more inshallah yes inshallah thank you guys so much for listening we really really do appreciate it Thank you so much. This has been a production of Titan Internet Radio. Stay wild listening to the following program. Hey, come on, come on, those are priceless. Okay, you know what, I'll say like...